0: Hello everyone and welcome back. It's the BMW Blog Podcast and this is episode 28. Um solo again this week. Uh but we did actually record a really good Zoom episode uh with the owner of Enthusiast Auto Group out in Ohio. Uh you know, they're they're probably the biggest or at least the most famous uh BMW restoration center uh in America. They do some really incredible work. Uh, we're going to get that video up on YouTube soon, so you'll be able to see it there, and it's definitely one you're not going to want to miss, because uh, he actually took us through you know, his entire super-secret warehouse number one, as it's actually called, as he calls it. Um, uh, it's Eric Keller, by the way, the owner of Enthusiast Auto Group, and uh, that's that, it was really, really interesting to see some of the cars they had there, so you don't want to miss that, so stay tuned, uh, visit our YouTube channel to see that um but this week i want to talk to you about a few things um a couple of interesting things that happened a couple of new uh lcis uh, bmw's lcis they're called life cycle impulses it's what bmw calls a mid cycle refresh uh you know every car halfway through its life cycle gets a little bit of a refresh and that's pretty much with every car company in the world and it's just so that their car stays a little bit fresh uh as newer competition comes out you know there's a little bit of an update to their car so that it doesn't seem as you know as dated as it uh as it uh, as it did when it first came out or uh you know as the earlier models did when they first came out so that's pretty typical and a few of them happened this week uh was the five series uh the six series gt the gran turismo and uh the mini countryman so those three cars all got updates this week so i want to talk to you a little bit about those cars and then also I want to talk to you about the BMW 6 Series Coupe. Uh, not necessarily the previous one, but a potential future one. I'm not saying that BMW is working on it or they're planning on it, because as far as I know, uh, they are not. Um, but I posed the question uh, earlier in the week uh, about whether the 6 Series should make a revival. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that, because I think that's a really interesting, it's a little interesting topic I want to talk about. So let's, uh, let's break it down. First, let's start with the 5 Series. So, the G30 Generation 5 Series, which is the current Fiverr, is probably one of the best-looking 5 Series ever, I think. It's a really, really handsome-looking car, um, and I think it's still good-looking in the market today. However, it does face a lot of newer competition. Cars like the brand-new Mercedes-Benz E-Class, which actually isn't that brand new. It's a couple of years old now, but it still looks really good. Um, and the Audi A6, and cars like that are all, uh, they're newer, they're sharper, they're a little bit more exciting looking, they're a little bit more modern looking, so BMW needed to give the 5 Series an update, and the update that it's been given uh, looks really good, I think. I think it actually looks better than it did before, which isn't always the case. It's not always the case that the the update looks better. Um, Take the 7 Series, for instance, but I think that not only does it look better, but it was just enough to make it look just as modern as its competitors. So we recently compared it to a few of its competitors, the E-Class and stuff. I think the one that was most interesting is the Audi A6 because it's the newest one. Uh, It's the newest of its competitors and it's also the most modern looking. It has really, really sharp angular headlights and body lines and uh, you know, it, it's very futuristic looking on the inside with tons of screens, and, you know, everything's very digital, and it's very high-tech. And it's just a high-tech, uh, modern-looking car, uh, outside and inside. So, comparing the new 5 Series to that, despite the basis of the 5 Series being quite a bit older, uh, was interesting. And it, it's surprising how good it looks compared to something so much newer than it. I think the 5 Series, and really, honestly, all the LCI did was give it new headlights, uh, slightly different you know, front bumper, slightly different grilles. Like, it's very, very uh, minor, but those those minor changes made a big impact. And I think that, that the new uh, 5 Series LCI is a really handsome car. The taillights look about the same, and the, really, the whole rear end as a whole looks about the same. Uh, but that's fine, because it's a handsome enough looking, uh, it's got a nice looking butt. But on the inside, again, not much has changed. It you know, gets the new digital dials and all that whole shtick. But, uh, you know, and it's nice. It's it's always been a nice interior. Um, and now the new tech just makes it a little bit nicer. But, uh, you know, material quality has always been excellent, stuff like that. Actually, if I'm going to be honest, though, the inside is where the 5 Series LCI, not that it falls down a little bit, but it's it, it's not... As modern or as slick looking as something like the Audi A6 or even the Mercedes-Benz E-Class. Uh, those cars look a little bit flashier on the inside. And not, not, I don't want to say flashier because that might that kind of sounds like an insult. But they look a little bit more interesting. You know, they have some more excitement on the inside. Especially the, uh, the Mercedes. It's really, really stylish on the inside. Whereas the 5 Series is very calm. It's very uh, reserved. It's very typically BMW on the inside. And it's fine. It, it looks really nice, and it's, it, the materials are outstanding, and it's lovely to sit in. But in terms of actual style, there I, I can absolutely understand why customers might say, I like the 5 Series, but I'm going to go with the E-Class because it, the inside's nicer. Uh, I, I get that. I get that point of view. Um, so I, I kind of wish that BMW did do a little more to the inside. Like, kind of just change the shift lever or something instead of that weird little blobby knob thing. Like, do something to... to Pizzazz it up a little bit. Uh, I've never used pizzazz as a verb before. That's interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it looks good overall. I think the front end really looks nice, and I think it's going to keep sales moving because it's a great car. It is a really, really good car. It just needed a little bit of sprucing up to uh, to com- to continue to compete. Um, but I think one of the more interesting LCIs that BMW recently did, because we knew the five series was going to look fine because it already looked good, but it's a six series GT. So the 6 series Gran Turismo the, the GT is probably the weirdest looking car BMW makes. What's funny is that the uh the 4 series gets so much hate the the upcoming 4 series because of its gigantic grill design, but to be honest with you, the 6 series is GT it's so happy that the 4 series is coming out cuz no one's going to make fun of it anymore um the 6 series gt honestly is the weirdest looking car bmw makes four series and you know or not it's the 6 series GT is just an odd looking machine it's just a weird device there's the, the proportions don't quite work at all on like any level it's just such a bizarre looking thing um it's not that it's ugly per se it just isn't good looking like there's just nothing about it that says yes i need that there's nothing it's just such a little blobby weird uh you know misshapen kind of uh, hatchbacky crossover raggedy thing i don't know what it is it's weird um but it's actually a good car and you know the proof of that is the fact that it's very popular the you know a lot of customers buy the six series gt and i think that it's in spite of its looks um or you know despite its looks rather so customers see what it looks like and they say yes well the practicality that that strange shape provides um you know that is worth more than the body style the ends justify the means you know it, the 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 extra practicality makes the looks the strange looks worthwhile so um it's a good car and it deserves to stick around it's just so weird looking um but being that it's so weird looking i was hoping that an lci did enough to kind of maybe <laughs> put some lipstick on a pig, and I think actually it has. Uh, it gets the same exact headlights as the five series LCI, which are very cool looking. They look very modern. They're very, um, you know, very slick, very sharp, angular. You know, LED headlights. They look good. Um, and again, at the back, it's really no different. But uh, there was honestly no fixing that. <laughs> That's where it looks the weirdest. Um, but honestly, I guess BMW technically literally put lipstick on a pig. Because only the face has been modified. And honestly, it makes a big difference. Uh, I think it makes the front end just look cleaner and sharper. And then you kind of forget that the back end (laughs) looks so weird. Uh, Or maybe it's just time has passed. And I've gotten so used to the design, it doesn't weird me out anymore. But, uh, you know, I think the LCI actually made a big difference on that car. I think just having a new face kind of really improved the overall looks. I think it made, uh, you know, a substantial enough difference that maybe it gains an extra you know, few customers. Uh, who knows? Honestly, though, I think, and I, I mentioned this uh, earlier, and then it's that I think the 6 Series GT is, uh, it's the car that most needed a refresh and also needed a refresh the least. And I know that, that makes no sense because those two contradict each other, but it's the car that is the weirdest looking. It kind of objectively needs uh, some sprucing up. It needs to be improved a little bit. However, on the flip side, honestly it really doesn't because in reality it doesn't because as odd as it looks, it still sells. So BMW probably couldn't have done anything to it and it still would have sold um despite the fact that the entire sighted world uh agrees that it needs to look a little bit different. I don't know, it's 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 a weird it's a weird car. I can't it's one of the few cars in the industry I just can't put my finger on. I actually drove one. Uh, I had a test car for a week, a 640i GT for a week, not well, a long time ago, actually. It was probably right when it came out. Uh, and it was such a bizarre car because objectively speaking, it's a good car. You know, it's luxurious. It's really comfortable on the inside. It's extremely quiet. Uh, it's probably one of BMW's best riding cars uh, in terms of comfort and you know, luxury. It's a really supple, really smooth, uh, like Autobahn cruiser. Is That's what it's best at, is just kind of blitzing down uh, you know, any kind of highway at very high speed, you know very stable, very smooth, and it has a lot of practicality. It's surprisingly practical. Um, that, that lift back tailgate, you know, which gives it such a bizarre hunchback style, uh, actually serves a, you know, a, a function and it, it works. It really does. Uh, there's a lot of practicality. The back seat is really comfortable and spacious and roomy. There's a lot of headroom for, for rear passengers. So objectively speaking, it's a good car. It's just so weird looking. Um, And and what blows my mind, this blows my mind. So the 6 Series GT is a car that's actually very popular in the US. Um, It's very popular in the US, hence why BMW keeps making these GTs because they sell well here. And the annoying part about that is that American customers are willing to say, yes, it looks weird, but it's so much more practical than a sedan, so I'm willing to get it where does what does that sound familiar to you does that type of car sound familiar to you the description of a car i think it sounds a little bit like a wagon <laughs> bmw american bmw customers who buy the 6 series gt literally are buying a car that's just an uglier wagon it's just an uglier 5 series wagon just get the 5 series touring but we don't sell it here because americans won't buy it because it has the word wagon and we think of station wagon like the old panel ones the little Ford, panel wagons from you know the 60s and everyone you know has a, you know, a bad you know, wagons have a bad rep here so they don't want to buy wagons so they buy weird ugly things like the 6 series gt and it's just such a weird bizarre uh situation americans are weird we're a strange customer base we don't buy with logic at all <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing like who buys a 6 series gt who thinks that is a great car but won't buy a wagon I wanted to meet the person who thinks the six series GT is better looking than a five series touring. I, I want to meet that person and pick their brain because that's bizarre. Uh, anyway, let's move on. So another LCI that came out was the mini countryman and it might be the least noticed LCI I think I've ever seen. Uh, it might be the least noticed uh, refresh on any car I've ever seen. I had to really go back and look at the, the pre LCI countryman to notice the differences With the new one, and that's not a bad thing actually, because I think the Countryman's a pretty good-looking car. It's a bit ridiculous because it's not Mini anymore. You know, it's the size of an X1. It doesn't even deserve a Mini badge because it literally isn't Mini. But um, it's actually a good car. It really is. It's good-looking. It's nice to drive. It has good, surprisingly decent interior space and practicality and stuff like that. Uh, And and it's, it's fun to drive. It. It's. I think it drives as well as a Mini should. I guess. I guess the polite way to put it. It's not, you know, extremely fun before a crossover. It's pretty mini like, you know, it's pretty fun and nippy for a crossover. So it's a good car. Uh, and I like it. I think I, I really like the way it looked even before the LCI. So now that it's had the LCI, I think it looks like, I mean, it still looks really good. I don't know if it looks better because I can really tell the difference, but it does look good. I think it's a really good looking car. Um, what I really like is the interior. Now, this is going to be something so small that they changed, that Mini changed, but I think makes such a huge difference. And it's the new digital instrument panel. So it's the same digital instrument panel from the Mini Cooper SE. At least it's the same shape. Like, it doesn't display the same stuff, obviously, because it's not electric. But it's the same, like, shape, and it's basically the same screen. Um, But that's really important. That seems like a trivial little addition or upgrade, but it's a big one for me. And it's because Mini's gauges previously were so difficult to read they looked cool cuz they had like a you know old school style um little rev counter like little you know little tachometer and then you had your like little you know gauges on the side of that and they kind of moved with the steering wheel and it was it looked cool but there was just so much information packed into such a small little space uh that it was difficult to read while you were driving quickly now many tried to solve this by putting in a head up display but the head up display was laughable it was like a little You know, faux glass panel thing that would flip up and show stuff. It was, you know, not very good at all. So I'm glad that many kind of went with the digital route because it's firstly, it's a bigger screen. It's clearer. It's easier to read, but also it's customizable you can change the sort of information, like you can cycle through menus and stuff, and it's not as customizable as something like uh, BMW's Live Cockpit, or especially Audi's Virtual Cockpit, which is crazy, or Mercedes' new uh, system, I don't know what it's called, but Mercedes' one's really good too. Um, It's not nearly as customizable as those, but it does allow you to kind of tailor, you know, cycle through the menus and tailor what you want to see, which which makes life a lot easier while you're driving quickly. You know, you kind of just... You can kind of tailor it more so you can get it where you like it and then, you know, it's a bigger screen. It's more clear or it's clearer rather. That's improper English. Um, it's clearer. It's just it's just easier to read. And I really am excited to drive any new Mini with uh, with that screen because, I mean, every time I drive a Mini, it's like I love this car because I, I really do. I love Mini. It's one of my favorite brands. Uh, every time I drive a Mini, I say, I love this car, but I hate these gauges. I just can't read them while I'm going quickly and it makes me crazy. Um, so that that was a big improvement. and I'm happy Mini did that. And also it gets, you know, the new infotainment screen and all that stuff. So it's all, you know, it's more high tech and everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, it looks a little bit better from the outside too. So that's that's a plus. But the, the Countryman's a good car. It's a surprisingly good car. Um, it, it's one that I think gets more hate than it deserves because I think enthusiasts are just, we're all crotchety old men at the end of the day and we hate anything that changes. So when the Mini... When MINI comes out with something that's not so MINI and is actually rather big, even though they kind of have to because that's the song of the times, we all kind of get pissed off at MINI as if it's MINI's fault. You know, I'm sure MINI would love to be making tiny little hatchbacks only, but that's not what the market wants, so that's not what MINI makes, and then we bitch at MINI as if it's MINI's fault. So (laughs) the countryman gets more hate than it deserves because it is actually a good car. And by the way, I'm guilty of complaining as well uh, just as much as anyone else so i'm not trying to pass the buck there uh i'm just as guilty of complaining about minis getting too big and you know every other automotive complaint in the world um so i i, I <laughs> i'm with those people but at the same time we're all a bunch of idiots uh who are complaining because it's not Mini's fault they have to make gigantic crossovers and at least the countryman is a very good one um and now it looks better now it looks better has a much better gauge cluster and uh you know a nicer interior and some better tech, so it's going to sell just as well as it did you know it's a good it's a surprisingly good selling car you know a lot of customers seem to like it uh many needs it you know he needs it those that crossover money to uh to make other things, but you know it it's a good car and it'll continue to sell well now that it uh has a bit of a refresh now the topic I wanted to say for last because it's gonna be the longest topic we we discuss, and it's one that i'm gonna find very fun to kind of deliberate here and it's the fact that i think bmw should revive the bmw 6 series coupe not the grand coupe well i mean that would be a welcome addition, i guess because that was lovely but uh just the coupe or and convertible um i think bmw needs to not that they need to but it would be fantastic if they did i really think so and what sparked that was the launch of, or the reveal rather, of the Mercedes-Benz E-Class Coupe facelift. So, just a couple of days ago, Mercedes uh, had a facelift reveal of its own for the uh, its E-Class Coupe, and it's a great looking car. I mean, the, the E-Class Coupe was already such a good looking car, and it looks even better now, and it's just such a beautiful, lovely car. And as, you know, always with these things, when something new from Mercedes or Audi comes out, or, you know, whatever... We always say, we always think, well, what does BMW have that competes with that? And how will it compete with whatever BMW has? Uh, you know, and those are stories we like to run. We like to think about that and kind of think about where BMW's cars fit in the market with other brands and their new cars. So those are always stories we like to follow. So when I saw the E-Class Coupe, I immediately thought, well, all right, well, what's BMW's equivalent? And I realized, well, there isn't one. They don't have it anymore because BMW got rid of it because it used to be the 6 Series Coupe. But now, it has the 8 Series Coupe. And, by BMW's own claims, the 8 Series Coupe is not a 6 Series replacement. The 8 Series is much more expensive than the 6 Series was. It's supposed to be a a flagship model. It's supposed to be a more luxurious model, a higher performance model. And it is not supposed to be the replacement for the 6 Series. So, without a replacement for the 6 Series, BMW has nothing to compete with the E-Class Coupe. There's the 4 Series. But the 4 Series is really a, three, cla- a th- 3 class, a three Series coupe, which competes with the C-Class coupe. And so now BMW has, a, you know, it, admittedly it's not that big of a pickle because the E-Class coupe isn't like a huge seller, but still, the Germans, they like to compete with each other in every single segment. And now Mercedes has something in a segment that BMW no longer has. So it kind of, it, it proves that there's a hole in BMW's lineup, right? Because with bm and what's funny is bmw invented these segments you know the the three series five series and seven series were all invented sort of by bmw not necessarily invented but made mainstream and popular every brand sort of followed that uh that pattern of coming out with a you know a small premium sedan in the three series a mid-sized premium sedan in the five series and a full-size luxury sedan in the seven series and everyone sort of followed that same thing and then bmw filled in the gaps you know, later, you know, there was the, you know, the, the 6 Series, and then the 8 Series, and then the 2 Series, and the 4 Series, and all that stuff, and it, it was all just filling in gaps in between the 3, 5, and 7, realistically, right? Well, now, BMW took away one gap, with this, or took away one car, so that left the gap in the 6 Series, and added in the 8 Series, right? So, now there's no 6 Series coupe, And some cynical enthusiasts might think that BMW really honestly did just replace the 6 Series with the 8 Series, but then made up some bogus claim about it being more premium so they could charge 30% more. And while that might be true, I'm not going to say whether it is or it isn't, and I honestly believe that BMW really attempted to make something more premium than the 7 Series and the 8 Series. I think BMW wanted the 8 to be the flagship model, I really believe that was the intention, but I think that the execution f- fell a lot, fell seriously short of that lofty goal, and now the 8 Series in reality sort of is just a 6 Series replacement because it's not really that luxur- It's I mean, it's, it's wonderful on the inside, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to dog it, it's lovely on the inside, but is it more lovely than a 7 Series? I don't think so. Actually, I know it isn't. It def- absolutely isn't, and What's more is that the 8 Series competes with Mercedes-Benz, uh, actually a couple of cars from Mercedes-Benz, the SL-Class, which is what it's supposed to compete with, but the current SL is kind of crappy, even though a new one's coming, and that's a whole other story for another time, but there's the S-Class Coupe, and that is a wonderful GT car, it is a beautiful GT car, it's lovely on the outside, it's wonderful on the inside, it's a gorgeous GT car, And the 8 Series, as a GT car, because that's what it is, no matter how much shtick about it being a performance car BMW wants to sell you, it's a GT car. As GT cars, the S-Class Coupe is leaps and bounds ahead of the 8 Series. I mean, it's a wonderful, just wonderful GT. So, BMW has a bit of a problem now, right? So, the 8 Series isn't as good as it had hoped, right? It's not as good as the Germans had hoped. So, now, does it say that? The 8 Series is just a 6 Series replacement, because if it does, then the whole thing about it being, you know, extremely premium and super expensive makes no sense. But now there are cars that compete in this old 6 Series segment that BMW no longer can compete with. So here's a simple solution. BMW should just, with the 8 Series facelift, make it fancier. Don't make it more expensive. Make it nicer. Make it nicer on the inside. Make it flashier. Give it a really, really, really big update and make it as luxurious as it's supposed to be. Then, come out with a 6 Series coupe. Stick it in between the 5 and the 7, make it basically a nicer 5 Series coupe, and now you have something that can compete with the E-Class coupe and anything else that comes out in that segment. Which is actually a pretty cool idea, I think, because BMW can do a lot with the 6 Series. It's a versatile car. It's a car that can be a sort of mini GT car. It can be, you know, a car that you can comfortably take, you know, a spouse or significant other in with, you know, two bags, you know, on a really lovely weekend road trip. It's a great car for that. But at the same time, you can make a sportier version that's a 911 fighter. Because I've driven every version of the 8 Series, basically. And I can tell you this. None of them are 911 fighters. So BMW's not taking on the 911 with the 8 Series. But a 6 Series that's lighter, sportier, could do it. So... I think that would solve a couple of problems for BMW. Another reason why I think BMW should bring back and revive the 6 Series coupe and convertible is the fact that the previous generation 6 Series sold really well. It was a really big hit for BMW. And maybe it was just a big hit. Maybe that's anecdotal. Maybe it's just it was just a big hit where I live. Because where I live, 6 Series coupes, Grand coupes, convertibles, I saw all the time. I still see them all the time. There, it's a. It was a great-looking car. It was a wonderful-looking car. One of BMW's best modern designs. It really was a gorgeous car. So it sold really well. And it was well-priced. You know, you can get one for like seventy grand, And and for $70,000, the 6 Series seemed really cool. You know, it was this really sleek, sexy design. It had packed with tech at the time. You know, you could get one of the big, stonking V8. There was an M6 model that was crazy fast. You know, there was... It was a car that people at around its price were like, you know, customers at that price range were really, really impressed with it. So it sold really, really well. And I think it sold well because it hit a sweet spot. You know, it was that perfect price, you know, style, performance, comfort blend. It was this this really nice balance of all those things. So when customers actually put down that seventy, eighty grand or whatever, they felt like they were getting a car worth it, you know, because the eighty thousand dollars, those are the top of the line models. Now, an eight series, if you want like a loaded eight forty i with a six cylinder, you're pushing on, um, you know, a scary, scarily close to a hundred thousand dollars. And if you want an N850i Grand Coupe, you're over a hundred thousand dollars. And I, I really do like the 8 Series. I think it's a good car to drive. Objectively speaking, it's a very, very good car to drive, but it is not, not worth the money. It's too expensive. So the 6 Series was about as luxurious as a current 8 Series. I would say you're if you were driving a 6 Series uh, right after driving an 8 Series, you wouldn't be wanting for anything at all, except for the modern tech, but you know, we're talking apples to apples here. So, uh, you know, quality and premium and all that stuff, material built quality wise, you wouldn't be missing anything in a six series versus an eight series. So because the six series was a lot cheaper, customers really thought that they were getting something, they, that their money was well spent. They, you could see where the money went and it really felt worth it. You know, it felt worth it. And I think that's why it sold well. of uh, that and it was just breathtakingly good looking. But, so I think that there's room left in BMW's lineup for a six series. Now, admittedly, right now not the best time to come out with all new car. You know, COVID-19 has pretty much screwed every auto manufacturer, so they're all hurting pretty bad um, in terms of like R&D money left right now because they you know aren't making a lot of money, so their budgets are kind of slashed. Um, so it's not like I, I, I'm saying BMW should make one right now, uh, and I'm not saying the BMW is even thinking about making one because as far as i know if you were to ask the answer is flat out no they are not thinking of another six series coupe uh you know the eight series coupe is where is the direction they're headed in that's the car they want to invest their money in they're not going to make something else they're not going to make something that's sort of and another thing that would be backpedaling for bmw because they would be coming out with the eight series and then all of a sudden they come up with a six series that would probably completely cannibalize whatever small eight series sales are left um, but actually that sort of proves my point a little bit that, that the six series should come back even if it's at the death of the eight series. And that's because the eight series just flat out isn't selling. There's, it's just not selling. They're piling up a dealer lots. And we've spoken to a couple of people, uh, you know, people who sell BMWs, people who are in that industry, they're in that field. I don't want to, you know, we're not going to name any names just to keep things, you know, keep some anonymity here. Um, but we've been told by every single person we've talked to about it, that there's really one reason why the eight series doesn't sell and that's its price. It's just way too expensive. You know, people don't see that value. They don't see that extreme, uh, cost in the car in terms of both its design and its interior, uh, and its performance actually as well. You know, it's a great handling car. It's a, it's a great car, but it isn't really thrilling and, you know, a, the way that a Porsche 911 is, and that's the same money. So why would I, you know, if I'm a customer and I'm spending 100000 why am I going to buy the car that doesn't thrill me over the one that does? So it's really, it really comes down to price. And I think BMW's little 8 Series experiment kind of blew up in its face a little bit. And now, uh, you know, now it's showing that the 6 Series was the more worthwhile car. But what's BMW going to do now? Backtrack? going to say, oh, well, you know, all right, you got us. <laughs> the 8 Series, that wasn't a good idea. The 6 Series is the better idea. Let's do that again. So, I mean, I think BMW should should come out with a 6 Series, even if it's at the death of the 8 Series, but that's not going to happen simply because BMW's is not going to backtrack. They've already invested too much money into the 8 Series, uh and b you know they're not really going to be coming out with you know new models like that anytime soon. They have a lot of other things to invest in, electrification and all sorts of stuff. So it's a shame I don't think it will happen. I'm almost certain it's not going to happen. I could I would bet a lot of money that it won't happen. But I do think that there's still room in the BMW lineup you know, in a perfect world, without COVID destroying everything, without BMW completely butchering the 8 Series, I think that there's still room in the lineup for 6 Series, you know, uh, basically slotted between the 5 and the 7, um, you know, as numbers go, uh, but uh, basically a 5 Series coupe, you know, something a little bit more stylish, something a little bit, you know, more premium, not much, but just a little bit more premium, and uh, something just a little bit more special than a 5 Series and you could charge a little bit more for it, and I think it would sell well, because it did already. You know, the previous Gen 6 series was a big hit. Um, and side note, actually, if you really like the 6 series, which every time the 6 series comes up, every time we talk about it, it's the, the articles are flooded with comments from people who love the 6 series. And so there's a lot of them. So for the, for those of you out there who love the 6 series, go buy one. Because used... They are sensational values. I am not sure why uh, because I am no expert, but they depreciated like crazy. So you can get like a 2015, 2016 BMW 650i Coupe or Grand Coupe even, which is a breathtakingly gorgeous car with a twin turbo V8 for like $35,000, which is crazy to me. That was a car that just a few years ago was like 80 to 90 grand if, you know, with all the options and everything, you know, you're pushing a ton of money and now it's like 35 grand. You can get one for like a V6 Camry, you know, it's crazy how cheap they've got. And if you want to go with a 640i, you can get one under 30 grand, you know, you can get like $25,000 for a 640i Coupe, you know, and that's a gorgeous car with a turbocharged straight six and rear wheel drive. It's awesome. It's a great car. And for like $25,000, you can't get a GTI for $25,000 anymore. So I think that's a really cool, cool value. So if you're a 6 Series fan, like I think all of us are, uh, go check one of those out. Because it's a pretty sweet car to have. It's like a weekend, you know, getaway cruiser. It's a sweet car. Um, If I could afford one, I'd buy one. But that is all we have uh, for this week. Um, We're going to have another uh, episode in the next couple of days, and that's going to be a doozy. And I say that because I know something that's coming that you don't. So stay tuned for that episode because it's going to have some good stuff in it. We're going to have some good discussions. And uh, we're going to try to get some more guests for you uh, in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, please stay tuned for that. And, um, yeah, just, you know, keep listening. Keep checking out the site. Uh, Check out our YouTube. Please uh, go check out that video uh, from Enthusiast Auto Group because it's a good one uh, and ask me questions, people. Please ask me questions. I know I keep saying, it and I repeat it all the time. Uh, it's Nico at NICO at BMW blog.com. Shoot me any kind of question you want. I'll answer it on here. Okay. So thank you for listening and stay tuned.